Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. good. Amen. All the time. God is good. He's so good. He's better than we think. He's amazing. (laughs) He is powerful. He is almighty God. He's the great I am. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's our good daddy. (laughs) He's our father. He's our friend. He is everything. He's everything. Somebody say he's everything. He's everything. I am so excited for next week with Chris Kildosher. Um, We actually have um, these uh, little tickets. Actually, if we could have the ushers, we're like putting them to work. Cinderella, Cinderella. (laughs) If you guys could get the tickets ready. We actually made uh, little tickets for the conference um, for Chris Kildosher. One of the main emphases, emphases, Emphasize, <laughs> of the whole conference is prophetic healing. I really feel the Lord on healing, um, not just uh, that, that people are going to get healed, but that we all need to grow in the gift of healing, stretch our faith for that gift of healing. And so um, I want you to stretch your faith out for the conference in inviting people to come to the conference, to come encounter Jesus, people that don't know Jesus or people that do. Everybody needs healing of some kind. They need prophetic encouragement, and we need to bring them to the house. Amen? One of the things that we've experienced recently is a challenge with Facebook. Um, They recently have crippled uh, our ability as churches in general um, to be able to reach people. So what we used to be able to do to advertise, get the word out, and let people know about different events and stuff like that, that has pretty much completely stopped, um, which um, I love persecution (laughs) because it fires up the body of Christ to get out there, and that's all that persecution ever does is it increases our boldness. Amen. And so um, we need to get out there and we need to fill the house. Amen? Amen? I'm telling you, if you bring people, they're going to get healed. They're going to set, get set free. Now, here's kind of the cool thing that happened. It wasn't so cool in the beginning of this week, but on Tuesday um, in, in the middle of staff meeting, I suddenly got this huge headache. And um, I am not a person that gets headaches. I have so much compassion. I know there are some people that struggle with migraines and things like that. That's not been my experience. But I had a horrible headache. Um, I asked, actually asked Pastor Tina for some headache medicine. I don't think we even prayed. <laughs> Jesus, help me. <laughs> but uh, it barely touched it. Um, it continued for days. I ended up spending most of last week in bed feeling terrible, like not able to have bright light on. Um, Daniel had to take care of the kids one night and feed them dinner because I was just like nauseous from this, this horrible, like blinding headache. I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I'm like, what is this? Is this like, am I drinking too much caffeine? Am I not drinking enough caffeine? Like what, what's happening? Am I taking in some kind of chemical that's bothering me? And I was just like really kind of frustrated about it. And so I think it was Friday night, I came out of the room, it was like towards bedtime or whatever, and I'm just like, I just need to make myself something to eat. And I came out and I just turned on Facebook and I saw Chris Kildosher was doing a live broadcast. And uh, I was just like, oh, let me just, uh, you know, catch up with Chris, see what he's doing or whatever. And just had it on in the background as I'm cooking. And the next thing you know, he calls out, there's a woman struggling with headaches and it's radiating from your neck. If you're wondering what it's coming from, it's like a neck thing, but it's radiating up into your head. That totally resonated. I was asking Daniel to rub my neck the night before. 
before. And he's like, and God's healing you right now. And the headache went. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it was awesome. And, and, you know, once again, God is just, just confirming his word. I'm so excited that Chris is coming. Um, what I love about these times when we have our special guest speakers come, that move in this kind of healing, it's not just so that we can bring all the people and then they can get healed by the big person on the platform. It's so that we can be exposed to that, so that we can see what's available, so that we can go out and heal the sick. It builds our faith, and we get to draft off of people like Chris. And so um, we're so thankful that he's coming. Um, I'm going to share a little bit more kind of throughout the message that's uh, really important that we kind of uh, position our hearts in this next season for 2023. But how many of you are excited that Chris, are co Chris is coming? <laughs> build your expectation. Build your faith. Um, our faith is in Jesus Christ. Jesus healed my headache, but man, he used Chris Kildosher. Amen? Yay. So, uh, Jesus, we just thank you so much, God, for everything that you have in store for us, Lord. We thank you, God, that you are present with us. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for paying that high price, Lord, for our healing, for our deliverance, God, for blessings, for our inheritance, for your spirit, God, for us being able to, to walk in intimacy with you. And we just give you all the glory. Let's just give him honor right now. Jesus, we honor you. We honor you, God. We honor you. You are great and mighty and holy. You are holy, holy, holy. You are worthy of all of our praise, God. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, and we just thank you so much, God, for being who you are. You are so good, Lord. You are so good. You're so good. Yeah, just continue to just praise him. Jesus, you are so good. You're so good. You're so good. We honor you. We honor you, 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 we honor you. We want more of you, more of you, God, more of you in our city, God, more of you in our homes, more of you in our children, in our schools, in our government, God, more of you, more of you. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, it's it's uh, interesting, in Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Got to make it legal, Got the stamp on it. We're supposed to pray without ceasing, so maybe I should have just kept going. But uh, anyways, uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this new year. Um, I was kind of anticipating sort of a prophetic message about 2023. I know that's kind of on everybody's hearts, like, what does the Lord have for 2023? Um, but the Lord really strongly put on my heart uh, this, this message and this subject matter. Um, I think what it is is that it's really important, um, the way we posture ourselves in the new year so that we will receive everything that God is pouring out in 2023. Does this make sense? So this is going to be like a really foundational, like this is how I want to position my heart um, so that I'm positioned for revival, so that I'm positioned to receive everything that God has in 2023. Before we get all excited about what are the words and what God's going to do, it's like we want to prepare our own heart and make sure we're able to receive. Does this make sense? So um, a key to unlocking supernatural breakthrough. How many of you want to see revival in our city? I know we say it all the time. We want to see revival in our city and in our homes and in our churches and across the body of Christ. We need revival. How many of you know we need revival? We want to see the supernatural. How many of you want to see healing miracles and signs and wonders? How many of you want to see more and more of that in your own life operating through your hands and prophetic encouragement and all of it, okay? We all want these things. We all are, are hungering and thirsting for more of the presence of God, and we have this zeal for the gifts of the Lord. But a key to unlocking supernatural breakthrough, healings, miracles, revival, and life 
might be different than you think it is. It might be different than you think it is. And one of those keys and one of the major keys in this season is this thing called honor. Somebody say honor. Honor. Um, it's, it was interesting. Vince started preaching my message in the prayer time when he's talking about there's this person and people are like, oh, you're terrible and you're past. And, ah, da, da, da. and Jesus is like, you know, what you say about me, you know, it's like I, I feel those things for that person. There's this honor. There's this honor that we need to have. The Bible says to honor all people. It's really, really important that we understand, even when it talks about communion and things like that, it talks about how people grew sick and all those things because they weren't discerning the body properly. Now, we can talk about that in terms of communion when you're not discerning that this is the body of Christ. When we take the bread and the blood, we need to discern this is the body of Jesus Christ. I want to have a reverence and a full understanding in my heart that when I am partaking of that, I am partaking of the body of Jesus, and I am communing with him, and I am understanding my oneness with Jesus. Does this make sense? But we also need to discern the body of Christ. Who is the body of Christ? All y'all, <laughs> us all, right? So raise your hand if you're the body of Christ. Amen, right? And so in the same way that we bring honor and love and all these things to Jesus, we want to make sure that we're operating and positioning our heart in honor towards people. Does this make sense? It says honor all people. Why? Because this is the greenhouse for the supernatural, this position of honor in our heart. Honor and humility is the atmosphere of heaven. God is a God of honor. This makes sense? It's going to be really, really important in this next season. Now, we're going to talk about what honor is, and we're also going to talk about what honor is not. <laughs> okay, so 1 Peter 5.5 5 says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. So in God's economy, when you humble yourself is when God elevates you. Does this make sense? We want to walk in humility towards one another and understand that when I'm looking at another person, I'm looking at someone that was created in the image and the likeness of God. Okay? Now, we're going somewhere with this. It's going to be really, really powerful. Um, what is honor? Um, honor starts with honoring God first. Amen. You can't honor people if, you don't, if you're not honoring God first, right? So we want to put God first. We want to honor his word above all things, above our own personal preference, above what I want to do, about what my heart wants or whatever. I want to, to be seeking after what is God's word. What does he want to do in a given moment? I want to play follow the leader with Holy Spirit with this honor in my heart of yes, sir, Yes, he's my father. Yes, he's my friend. But there's also this yes, sir, this honor of he is the God of all gods. He's the king of all kings, and he knows everything. Does this make sense? We want to walk in that level of honor with God, okay? Now, when we honor a person, we are recognizing that someone was created in the image and likeness of God, okay? It's honoring God first, but it's also honoring God's creation without them needing to earn it first. Without them needing to earn it first, okay? So 
it matters how we treat people. It matters how we talk about people. Um, it, it, there's the scripture that says, judge not lest you be judged, right? Judge not lest you be judged because with the same measure that you use, it's going to be measured back to you. Make sense? So I'm going to get the biggest scoop I can find and fill it with mercy and love and grace, and I'm going to be dishing that out. Why? Because I need mercy and love and grace, and I need a huge measure of it. Make sense? Okay? So we want to make sure that we are honoring people whether or not we think they deserve it. Okay? That's hard. Oh, man. Somebody say, that's hard. <laughs> that's hard. Okay? Now we're going to talk about what honor is, and we're going to talk about what honor is not. Okay, um, when people don't deserve it, we still want to honor him. I do not want to treat Kil Chris Kildosher with this level of honor, and I'm going to hand you a bottle of water, and a homeless guy walks in, and I'm like, Psh, right? There's, some, there's something wrong inside of my heart if that's how I'm operating with people. Does this make sense? There's also a dichotomy to that, but we'll talk about that in a minute, okay? In the womb, we honor life. Why do we honor life? Because only God can create life. Does it make sense? So we have to have an honor and a reverence for life in the womb. Amen? Honor is recognizing who a person is without stumbling over who they are not. <laughs> recognizing who a person is without stumbling over who they are not. So often we miss out on the blessing that we could find in people because we think that they need to be like this. We have this image in our head. Sometimes we don't even know that we have these expectations until someone doesn't meet those expectations. And we find ourselves in disappointment because someone is not who we thought they should have been or who we thought they should have been to us or how they should have related to us. Does this make sense? We want to make sure that we're honoring who God created them to be, recognizing the gift that's inside of them without stumbling over who they're not. Amen? Okay, we want to have a certain thankfulness for people. Um, what is dishonor? Dishonor is to treat as common. To treat as common, okay? Um, becoming too familiar is kind of the opposite of honor. Does this make sense? Um, becoming too familiar. Um, we have to walk this out where we want to walk in community with one another. We want to walk in vulnerability. I want to, to have a community that I can share and be open and be real with, and people will accept me as I am and love me as I am, and not stumble over who I am not, but also see the gold in me, and also see the Spirit of God and the anointing and the calling, and we, we need to see that for each other. Does this make sense? Really, really important to, to not stumble over who someone isn't yet. Does this make sense? Okay. We don't want to become too familiar. Now, I, I've had advice pastorally from people who pastored for a long time. Don't let your church know where you live. Don't give out your phone number. Don't let them get too familiar. They shouldn't be in your house. They shouldn't da-da-da-da-da. You need to make sure there's this separation because as soon as people get to know you, they are going to disrespect you and they're going to wrong you and all this kind of stuff. I've heard that before. That feels wrong to everything inside of who God created me to be, okay? And that's uh, different people can operate different ways. I know that we are supposed to do this as family, but there's a way that we can do this as family while still maintaining honor for the Spirit of God inside of one another and not becoming so familiar that we blow things off. Does that make sense? What I'm telling you is that your breakthrough might be a person sitting next to you. 
But if you are too familiar with them to see it, you are not going to be receiving the blessing of God because God uses people. Amen? And God uses imperfect people. Why does he use imperfect people? Because that's the only kind he's got. (laughs) That's the only kind he's got. Right? We don't want to become so familiar with people that we miss out, oh my gosh, what is the breakthrough that is on that person's life? What is the authority on that person's life? Will you raise your hand in this place if you have been healed of cancer? Raise your hand in this place. Everybody look around. There is an authority and anointing for the healing of cancer in this house. But if you look at Ken as your bud that you joke around with when you come to church and you don't recognize that there's an anointing and an authority where he heard the audible voice of God say, you stop taking that poison because you are healed and he did and he's alive and well and cancer free. Amen. There are breakthroughs in this house. Amen. And yes, we need to be family. Yes, we need to walk in intimacy and vulnerability and be a community. But we also need to remember there's an anointing that God is living inside of Ken. Does this make sense? I want to fear the God inside of Ken. Amen? Really important in this next season because we are going to see revival break out. We are going to see people operating in signs and wonders and miracles, and we can't get too familiar. We also can't get too familiar with signs, wonders, and miracles, okay? I know a lot of us, and I felt the same way. I want to see wheelchairs emptied. I've, I've been blessed in my life to see that. I've been to many healing you know, uh, uh, crusades and things like that. I have seen that with my own eyes. People get up out of wheelchairs. But man, I want to see it more. I want to see it with my own hands. I want to see these things. But if you can't celebrate that God healed my headache, then we're not ready to receive empty wheelchairs. Does this make sense? We want to have an honor for God that God moved and healed my headache. That's Jehovah Rapha. If he is present to heal a headache, that is a miracle. Amen? Then he is present to heal cancer. Amen? Jesus died on the cross to pay for all of these healings. If he can heal a fingernail, then he can heal cancer. Amen? But we have to have this position of honor and childlike wonder in our hearts that we marvel when we see a headache go. When we steward that, when we honor God, we're going to see more. Does this make sense? It's a position of our heart. Sometimes we become familiar because it is the antithesis of the religious things that we saw in error, okay? Now, many of us have seen a lot of difficult things, okay? Um, You know, people sitting on thrones on a stage and elevated above the people. And, you know, maybe there was some good in that. I don't know. Um, But some, some of us might have a bad taste in our mouth, okay, about this. Don't touch God's anointed. How many of you were told that in church? Don't touch God's anointed right? Just like what what that means is we don't ever correct someone that is moving in these powerful gifts because, man, that's God's anointed. Guess what? We are all God's anointed. Amen. We need to walk in honor with all people, with all of each other, right? But there was this elevation of this person is holier than you are, and they have more access to Holy Spirit than you do. Now, that's all garbage, okay? That's, that's garbage, okay? But we don't want to uh, pendulum swing away from that into, oh, I don't even care about you. Get out of my face. Who are you? Chris Kildosher coming in here, you know, just like you're just a man. Who are you, right? And we respond with this familiarity that brings offense, that brings unbelief. Does this make sense? 
okay? I do want to honor Chris Kildosher has been places that I haven't, right? He's been all over the world. He's seen miracles like, like I have not seen. Many, 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 okay? Does this mean that every word out of his mouth is infallible? Absolutely not, right? Does that mean I agree with everything that he says theologically? Absolutely not. But I honor and I fear the Lord inside of him. And when I recognize the spirit of God moving on him, I'm going to honor the spirit of God in that man. Does this make sense? Okay. I don't ever want to get too familiar. And he's our friend. And it's, it's awesome. We have this thing where it's like, um, Chris, Chris is funny the way he texts. He texts like a few words and hit send, and then a few more words and hit send. So it's like, it's, it'll be paragraphs, but it's like, ding, 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 ding. I'm like, oh, Chris is texting you. <laughs> it's like, it's awesome. He's like, text, somehow he texts in tongues. It's, I don't know how, I'm like, doesn't autocorrect like mess with you? But he's like, shaka da baba, and it's just like all in tongues and stuff. But the way he responds in, in text, always, always, um, when we text him, hey, how are you doing? Like, oh, man of God. He, he makes sure, even on the broadcast, he's like, Pastor Joy. He always calls me Pastor Joy. Is that some religious thing? No, I don't need, I've never told him, call me Pastor Joy. But there's this position of honor is in his heart where he wants to remember who people are and who God has anointed people to be so that he can receive the gift inside of someone and not become too familiar. It's the same with us. He's our friend. He's our bud. But man, when the Spirit of God rests on him, I want to receive everything that God is doing in that moment. Amen. I don't want to trip over the fact that I might disagree with one thing that he says. Oh, gosh, he twitches a little. <gasps> what does that mean? What does that mean when he twitches? He kind of he does that a little, you know. I say that affectionately. He's my good friend, you know. Um, he twitches a little. Why? Oh, we got to figure that out in the natural because we got to use our brains to figure out why he does that. No, these things, the things of the Spirit cannot be discerned with your flesh. It's at enmity with your flesh. It's foolishness to your flesh. Those things have to be discerned by the Spirit. Now, I'm not saying every time you see a manifestation, that means that God is moving on someone. People can be in their flesh or whatever. But we also can't get offended because someone's twitching. We can't get offended because someone is not twitching. (laughs) There's like, there's so many things we could get offended about. They don't, they don't twitch at all. Bill Johnson just stands there like a statue, and everyone's falling over in the spirit. What does that mean? You can't, you can't, you can't discern that in your flesh. You're not, it's not going to make sense to your mental reasoning. Does that make sense? We can't get offended. We have to stay in that childlike wonder place, okay? And we don't have to answer every question. There is this place where we embrace mystery in the spirit, and that is a level of humility of, I don't need all the answers from you, God. If it's you, I want it. But you do not have to please my brain to move in my heart because I honor and I fear God. Does this make sense? We don't want to try and evaluate mentally what is happening. It's really none of our business. We start, we start starting, like, judging. Like, oh, is that a real manifestation? Is that not? Is that person in their flesh? Is that not? Who cares? Just have your own encounter. <laughs> Amen? Just, like, go after, go after Holy Spirit, right? We all cry out for revival, but are we too offended to, to recognize it when it comes because it looks different than the package we thought it would come in? Does this make sense? <laughs> right? Are, are, are we too offended to receive what he's doing when people start laughing? 
What if only two people are laughing and nobody else is? I, I, that's, God's, that's God's job. I'm not taking his job. I'm not going to try and judge what's happening, right? Now, we are supposed to walk in discernment with people, and we are supposed to check the fruit of people before we receive from them and things like that. Like, that's, that's 100%. I've learned lessons the wrong way in that area where it's like, man, I received a lot of negative things because I wasn't walking in discernment and things like that. We don't follow the gift, right? The gifts follow us. Make sense? But when we see the Spirit of God on someone, I do want to pay attention and honor the Spirit of God on them in a moment. Does this make sense? And sometimes he's going to use someone that offends you. Who's this person? They're still on drugs. Now they're giving a word and God's promoting them. What does that mean? Does that condone the bad behavior? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But we can't trip over someone's past and think God can't use them. Amen. It's, it's funny because um, there was this, this preacher that um, I didn't love. Um, I disagreed with a lot of the theology. It, was, um, it felt very law-based to me. And just when I listened, I just kind of didn't get a great feeling from it. But I happened upon um, a teaching from this person. And um, as I was watching the teaching, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I feel the Lord on this. Like, I feel the Lord on this, I feel the Lord on this for breakthrough, and I feel like it is for Daniel. And um, so I did, like, wives, this isn't always going to (laughs) work. We are not junior Holy Spirit for our husbands. But uh, uh, I I was just like, I really feel like this, that this would be helpful to Daniel. And so um, I kind of nonchalantly, hey, like, if you feel like you might want to watch this, it might be really great. And, um, and so he watched it, and that actually brought an encounter to him that brought a deliverance of something that he'd struggled with for years that he didn't even know that he struggled with. And um, it was really powerful in both of our lives, but it came through someone that I was offended by, <laughs> who I don't agree with everything that they say, but God used them because the Spirit of God is going to use whoever he chooses. Amen. So we can't get offended by who God is choosing to use in a given moment. Amen? Amen. Do not treat as common what God is honoring. We don't want to get too familiar. Romans 12.10 says, love each other with genuine affection. Somebody say genuine. Honor has to be genuine or it's worthless. If it's not genuine, it's flattery. So this is where we need to cultivate honor in our own hearts. That's, this is where we guard our thoughts. We take our thoughts captive. I don't want to think nasty thoughts about people and then to their face. Oh, God, bless you, bless you, bless your heart. <laughs> right? <laughs> it needs to be genuine. Genuine is, is what true honor is, right? And so that, this might be like, oh, man, like there might be some people that I struggle with or I need to find that place of honor. What can I be thankful for in that person? Like, what can I honor? You know, how do I, how do I operate in honor around that person in a real and genuine way? Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Somebody say, take delight in honoring. <laughs> I think of like the super polite chipmunks from Looney Tunes. I'm like, oh, no, after you, no, after you. <laughs> do you guys know what I'm talking about? The super polite chipmunks. Take delight in honoring one another, it's, it pleases the heart of God. Remember, like what Vince was talking about in the prayer, God loves his children. I don't, I don't want to have a word in my mouth where I'm like blessing Jesus, but then I'm cursing his children. Amen. 
we want to, to make sure we're cultivating that on a real level inside of our hearts. Um, don't pretend that you love others. Really love them. Take delight in honoring them. Anybody can flatter, but honor only comes out of humility. Honor attracts blessing. Somebody say, honor attracts blessing. Honor brings life, it brings favor, it bring gift, brings gifts and revelation to us. Um, you guys know the scripture, children, obey your parents. Many parents have quoted the scripture to their children. <laughs> children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Um, it's the, the scripture that has a promise to it that's going to bring you long life. Does that make sense? Um, honor is something that attracts gifts and life and uh, revelation and favor. Amen. Um, it brings the reward of a prophet. We're going to talk more about that in a second. You can only draw from the gift on a person equal to the honor that you have given them. You can only draw from the gift on a person equal to the honor that you have given them. Okay? So the scripture says if, uh, if you honor a prophet in the name of a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. If you honor a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, you will receive a righteous man's reward, okay? So if someone next to you, which, by the way, we're in a revival culture, and it's the church's turn, right? That's one of the big mandates on this house is, like, this is no longer about the huge Billy Graham anointing on a platform. This is about those types of anointings being distributed to all of us so that we can walk in power everywhere we go and in the marketplace. So we all need to rise up in these powerful anointings and walk in the authority given to us. Amen? Now I just lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Things about the prophetic. Yes. Honor a prophet. Yes. So do you honor the prophet in someone in your revival group that's prophesying over you because you are going to receive the reward of that prophecy if you are honoring them as a prophet. But if you are honoring them as, oh, they're such a good person and they're just trying to say nice things to me, you are not going to receive the prophet's reward from them. Does this make sense? So you can only draw from the gift on a person's life to the level that you are honoring them the way God has sent them to you in that moment. Does this make sense? When Max Arnold came to me and shaking and prophesied over way back in the day, he prophesied ran into me. He's just like, you are needing to submit to the Lord and have your next baby. And I knew that was the word of the Lord. I feared the Lord on Max Arnold. And I didn't say, Max, how dare you tell me it's time to have a baby? Who are you? I've known you for a long time. I haven't seen you prophesy like this, right? If I'm too familiar with Max, right, and I receive him as a good person, then I would not have received the word of that prophecy, the reward of it, right, which was my son ran. And, and there was, there's a whole, those of you that have heard the testimony of that, it was a really powerful testimony. And it was a God timing thing that I had to submit in that moment for lots of reasons. And so God is good. Amen. Amen. Um, honor, 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 honor. Um, what do you do if a person is terrible? <laughs> <laughs> the Bible says, honor all people unless they are terrible, and then you can judge them. That's what it says. <laughs> In First Opinions 3.22. No, no, it does not say that. Honor all people. Honor all people, even the terrible ones, especially the terrible ones, right? <laughs> honor all people, even if you don't agree. Honor is not agreement. 
Honor is not agreement, okay? Honor is not politeness. Honor is not fake, okay? Um, I honor people that I pastor by telling them the truth when I need to tell them the truth. It is dishonor for me to go along with a lie that they're living, right? So it is honoring when I call out truth, even if it hurts. This makes sense? You see Jesus calling out truth all the time. He did not walk in dishonor of people. But there are times, he says, you brood of vipers, you don't know what you're doing, all right? I have yet to call anyone in this congregation a brood of vipers. <laughs> but it is honor to call out truth if you have the person's best intention at heart. If you're trying to curse them because you want them away from you, that's different, right? Jesus wanted the best for them. And he's like, hey, you need to wake up. Amen? Amen. God's good. Honor is not politeness. Honor is not compromise. Honor is not compromise. Someone's getting blessed over here. <laughs> you just take a minute with the Lord. <laughs> Honor is not compromise. Honor is not lying. Honor is not lying. Honor is not flattery. Honor is not obeying. Look at Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. He walked in a high level of honor with Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar. But King Nebuchadnezzar erected an idol of himself and says, you will die if you don't bow to this idol. And Daniel says, no, I will not. But I honor you. I will not obey that. Amen? Honor is not the same as obedience or agreement. Okay? Honor does not mean to agree. And honor is not just tolerating people. Honor is actively seeking out the gold in people. What does the Spirit of God have for that person? Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Familiarity breeds dishonor. Um, this happens in marriages, in friendships, in churches, with our kids, even with God. Okay? Now, um, let's, let's talk about churches. You know, how many of you, when you first walked in this place, thought this was the greatest place since sliced bread? Does that make sense? <laughs> oh, and the angels were singing, and I feel like home, and this is amazing, and the Spirit of God is moving, and I'm seeing the things I wanted to see, and I'm learning how to prophesy, and then you get to know the people in your revival groups. And then someone sits in your seat one day, and then people aren't rising up to serve the way you think they should, <laughs> right? And suddenly this place doesn't feel so miraculous, right? It's this familiarity. We start to lose the thankfulness of what we saw in the beginning. Now, obviously, there's times we need to walk in truth, and we need to share the things, like have those hard conversations, like, hey, we need to be serving better, you know, all these things, right? Um, but the familiarity is going to rob us from the blessing that God wants to pour out. Does this make sense? To recognize in each other what God has placed there and the blessing that it is. He might have already answered your prayer, and it's someone sitting next to you. Amen. And it might not be the one that you like the best. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. You don't have to be best friends with everybody. All right. The heavens are open over us, but sometimes we block the open heavens with our pride, judgment, dishonor, and unforgiveness. The more we humble ourselves, the higher we go. Childlikeness is what brings us entrance into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Now, life could not flow through Jesus where there was dishonor. 
life could not flow through Jesus where there was dishonor, okay? And so um, we're going to take a look at the scripture on the screen. If we have it for the screen, we might have it in a second. <laughs> Luke 4, 14 to 30, okay? Um, do we have that up there? Nope. We're just going to tell jokes until... Someone comes back. <laughs> Just stretch it out, stretch it out. Life could not flow through Jesus where there was dishonor. And so we see in Luke 4, um, Jesus goes into the synagogue, and um, this is in his hometown. Someone say hometown. So he's in good old Nazareth, okay? What do we know about Nazareth? What is people's impression of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? It was like known as this not such a great place. It was really known for unbelief. It was insignificant. People didn't believe that anything could, could come out of that place. And this is the place where he goes into the synagogue in his hometown, and he reads the scripture from Isaiah for the first time where he says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And this is when he makes that declaration. So here we go. Let's read this together. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Are you guys reading out loud with me right now? You don't have to do that. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm, I must have said something wrong. It's, that's a lot. It's going to feel like chanting. Someone's going to walk in and think this is a cult or something. I don't know. <laughs> sorry. I'm like, read it. Like, read with your eyes with me, and I'll, I'll say it out loud. Sorry. Because it's a lot. We're going to keep going for a couple more pages, so I just didn't want you to have to keep doing that. <laughs> So, starting in verse 17, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was, was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. Can you just see that picture? Talk about a mic drop moment. <laughs> Rolls up the scroll, mic drop, sit down. This is who I am, you guys. Okay? The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So he's telling them who he is in his hometown. Okay? All spoke well of him and were amazed. Someone say amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. But then something happens. Isn't this Joseph's son, they said? Isn't this Joseph's son? This is the son of God in front of them. But they reduce him down to what they see in the natural. No, this is Joseph's son. Amen. Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself, and you will tell me, do, uh, do, here in your home, do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years, and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them 
but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. So God sent Elijah to an outlying land and not to his own people because there was not enough honor. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to the widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha, the prophet, yet no one of them was cleansed. Not one of them was cleansed. Only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were famous when they were furious. (laughs) Maybe I need to let you guys read it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) They got up. So only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got offended. Amen. They got up, drove him out. This is Jesus. Drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on the hill that he created, we sang this morning. Drove him out to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. So what is Jesus telling us there? There's many different different translations, and also it's in all four Gospels, that Jesus says, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown and among his own relatives, ouch, and in his own household, ouch again. Amen? Now, why would Jesus bring such a strong rebuke to them? Is it like, burn! (laughs) You know, you guys had Elisha and Elijah and didn't get any of the miracles because there wasn't enough honor. Shame on you. No, Jesus doesn't bring a rebuke or correction unless they are capable of turning it around. They are capable of honoring. How many of you know we are capable of honoring people in our own hometown, in our own, own home church, in our own households? We are capable of that. And there is a blessing that we miss when we do not. Amen. A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown. Um, Mark 6 says that Jesus marveled at their unbelief. (laughs) I don't want Jesus to, if he's going to marvel about something about me, I don't want it to be about my unbelief. Okay? Among his own relatives, ouch. How many of you ever felt not honored by your own relatives? (laughs) It ought not to be so. How many of you not felt, don't raise your hand. How many of you have not felt honored in your own house? Ay, 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 ay. That's the place where we get the most familiar. I'm convicted by things in this message. I want to grow in honor, right? Man, when we honor people, we get to receive the reward that's on their life. I don't want to become too familiar with my husband, Daniel, right? I, I want to walk in intimacy and connection, but I don't want to ignore the fact that God has anointed him to bring awakening to people and through music and that God's anointed him for worship. And I don't want to start picking apart his faults, and I can't believe you did that in rehearsal. And It's like, that's God's anointed. Amen? I'm God's anointed too. Amen? But I, I want to maintain honor in my heart for the people closest to me. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Matthew 13, the people said, aren't his sisters with us? Aren't his sisters with us? Isn't he just a normal person like all of us? right? They, they bring him down to their level and their level of, of unbelief because they're from Nazareth where no good thing can come out of their town, right? There is this element of like, I don't want to see you elevated because if I see you elevated, that means that there's something on my life that I'm supposed to be operating higher. So then we bring people down a notch. Have you ever experienced that? It's like, oh man, 
Everything that I see Chris Kildosher operating in, anything I see Chad Dedman or Randy Clark or all the people, George and Banov, I want to walk in an honor and reverence for what's on their life, but I also want to rise to the level of all that's available for me. Amen? And I don't want to walk by people on the street that are sick and demonically oppressed and not give to them the kingdom because I'm living small and I don't believe big things about myself. So I'm going to take Randy Clark down a notch. Well, have you seen the way that he does this? And have you seen this message? I didn't agree with what he said there. And we bring people down a notch instead of honoring what is good in them and what the gold is. Does this make sense? Very important in the season for us to walk fully in the revival that God has set forth for us. Amen? Someone say revival is now. It is now. Mm-hmm. Um, they are bringing comparison to themselves, and then they took offense. Who does this guy think he is? He's just one of us, right? We do not want to bring people down in the natural. We want to see people according to the Spirit. Amen? We want to know people by the Spirit. Say, know them by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Mm-hmm. Now, when it says that Jesus couldn't do great miracles there except lay hands on a few sick, I want to make something really, really clear. What it does not say is that people came to Jesus, asked for healing, and he wasn't able to heal them or he said no. That is not what happened. There wasn't enough faith for him to do miracles because everyone thought he's just the carpenter's son, so how many people came to him for prayer, right? But the ones that did, it says that he healed them. He laid hands on them. Okay? Never in the Bible do you ever see Jesus giving anyone a reason why they can't get healed. I'm just going to leave that there. Yes. Jesus actually honored his hometown by making his proclamation of who he was there where he was born. He walked in honor. Yeah. God's so good. So the people of his hometown were exposed to the eternal, but they reduced it down to the familiar, to the natural. Highlighting the familiar, it cost them the eternal. It cost them the supernatural. Honor gives us access to the supernatural, to the realms of breakthrough. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's talk about Elijah. Elijah and the widow. She was in Sidon, and there was a great famine in the land. She and her son were getting ready to eat their last meal. She said, I was just going to get a couple of sticks that we may eat and die. <laughs> That's what she said. It always makes me think of my mom, my mom's Korean, and uh, her evaluation of vegans. And I apologize if you're a vegan, but my, my niece became a vegan right before Thanksgiving. And she's like, I'm going to have to learn to cook leaves and sticks. <laughs> 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 and so it just reminds me of that. They're, they're cooking their vegan meal and their last meal, and then they're going to go die. <laughs> it's like, I would not want that to be my last meal. Just saying. But, uh, <laughs> but Elijah, the prophet, who has been in Israel the whole time, and there was power present to provide the whole time in the middle of a famine. God had to look for faith outside of the people, sent him to this widow. And Elijah says, if you feed me your last meal, God promises that, that the ingredients are not going to run out and you will have more than enough. And he honored, she honored 
the prophet and received the prophet's reward. She cooked that meal for him, and then her oil and her flour did not run out. Amen. She got to live a carb-full life. (laughs) Right? It was because of honor. Amen. All the people of Israel were experiencing a famine, but because of their lack of honor, they didn't get that kind of breakthrough. Amen. Um, Let's talk about uh, Elisha. Oh, and furthermore, her son died, and then um, Elisha resurrected her son. She got to experience resurrection power because of her honor for Elijah. Amen. Elisha, the story, these are the two stories that that Jesus tells, right? Elisha and the leper, this is in 2 Kings 5. Naaman was a commander of the Syrian army. It was like one of their enemies. His young servant girl knew of Elisha and believed and honored him as a prophet, so she suggested that he go to Elisha to be healed of leprosy. Naaman had leprosy. It was incurable, impossible. Somebody say impossible. Mm -hmm. Naaman showed up with a bunch of rich gifts for his healing and pomp and circumstance and says, I have all these gifts in exchange for my healing. Heal me. And Elisha didn't even come out to greet him as he arrived. Whoops. (laughs) And then he sent a message to him that he needed to go wash in the River Jordan seven times to be healed. And it says that Naaman became very angry and very offended. And he was like, hang on, why would I go wash in the River Jordan when the River Abana and Farpar, Farpar, however you say that, in Damascus is better than all of these other rivers? Why would I need to go cleanse myself in the Jordan River? What is up with the Jordan River? It's familiar. It's known to be muddy and dirty. These other rivers are like, oh, these are the most amazing rivers in the world, and we use all of our irrigation. Again, he is dishonoring what is too familiar to him. And he's like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm offended, right? And that spirit of offense, I'm telling you, offense is a demon. And it's a demon that is trying to block you from your breakthrough. Watch any time you start to feel yourself get offended, especially next week, especially as you see revival break out and different things happening. There might be people rolling on the floor laughing. There might be people shaking. There might be people holding still and saying nothing in the awe and reverence of God. No matter what's happening, guard your heart from offense because there's breakthrough on the other side if you do not let your heart go there. Amen? Do not let offense rob you. So finally, his servants pleaded with him and said, please just go do what he says. So he reluctantly goes, dips in the river seven times, and what do you know, is cleansed of leprosy, which was impossible. He was cured completely. He experienced healing miracles. And Jesus even said, how many lepers were amongst you? But we had to send Elisha out to an opposing army to find the honor that it took to bring the healing miracle. Amen. It ought not to be so. And in this house, Jesus is bringing a correction because we can do it differently. Amen? Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Yay. This is the key to hometown victories. Somebody say hometown victories. (laughs) Yay. Yay. Yeah. I love honor. Um, I think of Brianna's dad. And uh, he's known by many, many people for being this prolific prophet. And he prophesies like pages and pages to people. People want to get ministered to by him. And then we had a men's meeting with, what was it, like 10 guys, 13 guys, something like that. 
and they're just prophesying over each other, sitting in a chair or whatever, and uh, they're kind of wrapping it up, and next thing you know, um, he, he's like, hey, is it okay if I get ministered to too? And he sits in the chair, he pulls out his phone and hits record to record the prophetic words from a bunch of men in a church that he's never met before. That's honor. He's not looking. These people aren't as prophetic as I am. I've been prophesying my whole life. Man, maturity in the spirit comes with humility. Amen? And he's like, I am not going to miss what God's going to do through one of these guys. I'm going to record it because I honor the spirit of God on any of these men. Amen? That's powerful. It's powerful. Man, the gifts of God are free. Maturity is expensive. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Maturity is expensive. <laughs> All right. We are in an end time harvest. It's the church's turn. Um, we need to see each other as powerful. Okay? I'm challenging myself as well. We need to discern when the Spirit of God is resting on somebody and not look at our past experiences with them and bring limits to what God can do. Amen? We want to fully receive every reward on every person that's in this place. Again, your answered prayer might be someone around you. We're crying out and praying, God, heal me of this. God, heal me. Bring breakthrough to my finances. There might be someone in this place that has an anointing where they can impart to you. Okay? Now, we're going to talk about the other side to this thing called honor because, yes, I want to honor Chris Kildosher, and, yes, I want to honor the homeless man on the street. And you should not see a difference in my behavior in how I treat somebody. Does this make sense? The other side to that is not everybody has the same anointing and the same favor as everybody else. Not everybody has the same level of maturity. Not everybody has been spinning on the planet as long as everyone else. Does this make sense? So there is differing levels of honor if I want to receive from somebody. I don't want to minimize down what they've seen and what they've experienced so that I can draft off of what they've seen. Does this make sense? I want to draft off of people that have gone before me. Again, this is where we honor your father and your mother. This is your father and your mother in the spirit as well. When you honor them for where they've been, what they've seen, what they've learned, the anointings and the things that are possible, you get to draft off of them and then you get a shortcut. Amen? Some people, some people call themselves pioneers, but it's because they're not attached to mothers and fathers, so they're breaking a fallow ground where they don't have to. If you can draft off of people and be in relationship with them in a culture of honor, you don't have to work as hard to get there. Does this make sense? I can go and try and, and pioneer my way through a deliverance ministry by just starting, and guess what? God's going to honor it, and he's gonna, I'm going to see deliverance, right? Or I can draft off of someone that does that all the time. I can watch all the healing miracles and stuff and have my own personal book of Acts seminary, <laughs> And I get to draft off of that because I've seen so many people get delivered now that I've never seen it not happen. And I have a level of faith that was given to me because someone else broke the fallowed ground and I didn't have to. Amen. There's this thing called honor that is really, really important. And by the way, that is my story. I got to draft off of someone that operated in healing and deliverance. I got to travel all around the world and see healing miracles and to see people manifesting demons and every single time get set free so that I didn't have to pioneer by myself, 
right? And so now I see deliverance and I see healing, but I got to draft off of someone else's breakthrough. Amen. We get to take shortcuts. Somebody say shortcuts. I'm telling you there's shortcuts available next week, okay? Shortcuts available. Now, we can become too familiar with guest speakers around here. I'll catch Chris the next time. Oh, Chad, you know, he comes every year. He's this funny guy now. We get to hang out and have lunch. And yeah, but he's also seen thumbs grow back, right? <laughs> Let's remember, right? Jesus is our friend, but he's also the great I am. Make sense? So let's not miss the blessing and the reward by making people become too familiar. Does this make sense? I want to be so expectant for next week. For every single time we're meeting together, I'm expecting miracles. I'm expecting signs and wonders. I'm expecting upgrades, prophetic encouragement. I don't want to miss a second of it because that's my heart. If the presence is happening and the glory is in the room, that's where I want to be. Amen? I'm not just trying to push an event to get attendance up. I'm telling you, don't miss your blessing. Don't lower these things to like, oh, we have conferences all the time. No, if God heals a headache, oh my gosh, awe and wonder, that's God. He showed up. Amen? Let's maintain that position of honor in our hearts. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. God, you are so good. And Lord, we honor you first and foremost. Just honor him. God, we honor you for all that you are. We honor you for all that you are, all that you are. Lord, I pray that you would help us, God. Help us to remember to cultivate this greenhouse of honor in our hearts, that it would be true, that it would be genuine, that it would be authentic, that it would be sourced from your love, Lord, that we only love because you first loved us. I pray, Father, that we would receive so much of your love, that we would have so much love to give out, that we would choose to pick up a huge measure of grace and mercy and love and choose to pour that out knowing, God, that we're going to reap what we sow, God. And we just thank you, Lord, that it's not just reaping and sowing, God, but we get to draft off of those that went before us. We get to draft off of you and what we see in the Bible, but we get to draft off of other people's breakthroughs and to, to pray for impartations and things like that, God. And we just thank you so much, Lord. We give you glory and honor. We honor you. You are the God of 2023. We say do what only you can do. Do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you want to do in our hearts, God. I pray for 100% obedience to your spirit in this place and in every area of our lives. And we just thank you so much for who you are. And we give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. amen.